women need to be able to choose what is the best form of contraception for them. I felt way more in control of myself. What's acceptable to me might be different to what's acceptable to you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nice Talks. I'm Amy Thomas. This time we're talking about contraception. Now many of us have had our own experiences with contraceptive methods, but what does the NICE guidance say? How do we make sure we're making the best choice and what can our GPs do to help us? First, I talked to Maya, who explained some of the difficulties she's had in choosing a method of contraception. Hi, I'm Maya and I'm a law student. I'm 24 years old. How long have you been using contraception? been using contraception since about 15, I think, yeah, 15, 16. And what did you decide to use as contraception when you were 15? Well, we started with the pill, as with everyone. Um, I think pro- probably my GP put me on microgynon and then that didn't really get on with me. What what happened then? Did you decide to, that you needed to kind of rethink your contraception and, and how did you go about that? Um, actually, after going on microgynon, I tried many other pills and then didn't get on with that either. Uh, when I was at university, I think I was just got even more side effects. Um, and then first I went on Femidet, which is even lower dose, and then I went on progesterone only. And then my mum sort of said um, perhaps you might have polycystic ovaries even though I'm not big or hairy um, my mum just thought you have you know sort of irregular periods and your skin's really bad and so yeah let's let's see what that's about and it turns out I did have polycystic ovaries Um, so it was at that point that it made me rethink okay I've tried five different pills and a progesterone only and I've been diagnosed with polycystic ovary so now it's time to rethink my options. And um, what what was the next option then from that point? Did you know about um, the coil before before that? I didn't know too much about it because I didn't really know anyone who had it yet. A few of my friends had had it. All I knew is that I was really sensitive to hormones and I could not deal with any more hormones in my body. Um, I just sort of wanted to be free of them and to know that if I was feeling rubbish, it's because I was feeling rubbish, not because of a pill. If my skin was bad, it was because of my own hormones, not hormones that the pill gave me or any other hormones. Um, So the copper coil was pretty much the only option I knew about and I was honestly willing to try anything. It seemed like a very convenient way uh, to deal with everything and one of the only non-hormonal options to go for. I speak to the president of the Faculty for Sexual and Reproductive Healthcare. She talks about long-acting reversible forms of contraception, also known as LARCs, and explains why they're so effective. My name is uh, Dr. Asha Kaslibal. I am a consultant in community gynaecology and reproductive healthcare in Manchester. I'm also president of the Faculty of Sexual and Reproductive Healthcare. Our current data suggests about 42% of women who are on contraception are using an oral method of contraception, and about 41% of them are on long-acting reversible contraception. Long-acting reversible contraceptives are methods of contraception that provide 
very effective contraception for an extended period of time without requiring any use action. That means, you know, they, they do not depend on patient compliance. So that makes them really the most effective methods of contraception. They include injections, intrauterine devices, and intrauterine systems, and subdermal contraceptive implants. How effective are long-acting forms of contraception, and how does this relate to the NICE guidance? The efficacy or the effectiveness rates are really, really high. For example, the copper coils have a, a pregnancy rate of less than 20 in 1,000 over five years and the intrauterine system of less than 10 in 1,000 over five years. The implants are even lower with less than one pregnancy per 1,000 implants over three years. So that is a very, very effective method. Uh, also, we know that uh, it is cost-effective. It is cheaper for the NHS. Uh, now, all contraception is, uh, is good value for money. Every pound spent on contraception uh, saves about 10 pounds, and this is Public Health England data. We know that NICE estimates that fully implementing its LARC guidance would save the, NH uh, would save the NHS about 102 million per year. So it makes good economic sense. In 2005, uh, NICE published guidance on long-acting reversible contraceptives. I think it was a very, very important piece of work in, in showing how effective LARCs were and how cost-effective as well. That has gone a long way in promoting LARC uptake, which has increased steadily over the years to about 41% uh, at present. That also supported the quality and outcome framework for GPs. And again, that has also helped in uh, increasing the uptake, prescription and uptake of LARC method. However, I think we cannot reiterate enough that women need to be given choice. So although we know that LARCs are more effective, that they are more uh, cost-effective as well, uh, women need to be able to choose what is the best form of contraception for them. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Hofbrand. I'm a GP. I've been a partner in a local practice for the last 21 years. How often do you see this? Is this something you deal with on a daily basis? Yes, it's a daily basis. And in an average clinic, there may be you know several um, women coming in to talk about contraception. How do you go about providing that information, sort of laying it out for, for the patient? Well, the first thing is making sure that I'm up to date with methods available and all the guidance and also any trainees that are sort of working with me. When we speak to anyone who's asking about contraception, you have a sort of general things that you want to cover. So first of all, what their experience has been so far, what they're looking for, if they've got any ideas about what they might or might not want to use, because that can also bring up some myths and misunderstandings that might need to be explained. Also, are there any cultural or religious considerations? In your experience, how have you seen... Um the rates of prescriptions for long-acting forms um, change over time? In the past, many sort of users are only aware of a limited range of options, so they tend to think of 
the pill, by which they mean the combined oral contraceptive pill. And um, often in the past, they have a lot of horror stories from their mothers about things like um, coils. I think younger people are much better informed nowadays. With the, the different long-acting methods, you've got coils and you've also got sort of injections and implants. And as the more they get used, the more people become familiar with them. Um, because word of mouth and your friends and relatives experience account for a lot in this area. In the past, they used to say that coils were not suitable if you hadn't yet had children, which used to be one of the sort of big um, reasons why they weren't fitted. Whereas now, um, coils can be fitted even if you've not had children and can be fitted in young women. They used to think that coils caused um, sexually transmitted infections, potentially they now say they don't and also that um the fitting because before if you've not had a pregnancy um the the os the the entrance to the womb through the cervix can be narrower so they used to feel that it was um hard to fit and now with new introducers and a, there's a range of sizes as well of the bore then that's it works so how did maya find using the copper coil i absolutely love it <laughs> Um, I could honestly sing its praises all day. I have no side effects from it. I know some people are really scared about getting it in and pain and being able to feel it and, you know, having sex and being able to feel it. Honestly, I would not know it was there when I have my periods. I've always had heavier periods, so it hasn't really affected me in that sense. I've got regular periods now and I didn't really when I had... um, hormonal forms of contraception um I know now that when I have bad skin it's because I'm eating rubbish food or not getting outside enough or you know if I'm feeling miserable that's to do with my own hormones or other things that are going on in my life so it kind of gave me a new perspective a new relationship with my body I think it's really important that people talk about their experiences but I also think that people need to bear in mind that every woman is different and your body is different I also think that you know go to a gynecologist that you trust or nurses like they're all absolutely brilliant also in terms of unwanted pregnancies I do not even think about it at all during sex I'm never stressed about being pregnant and my boyfriend can't feel it I think that's a myth and I think that if your boyfriend can feel it then you need to go and get it checked because something isn't quite right maybe it's not sitting quite right but like I said you just go and get it checked and you'll get it fixed and that's that As always, you can find our guidance on the NICE website at www.nice.org.uk. Please feel free to get in touch with us if you've got any more questions. We'd be really happy to hear from you. You can contact us through Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, or email us directly on nice at nice.org.uk. Thank you for listening and see you later.